Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited. I have my new friend, Randy. Randy and I are going to be talking about a fun topic today. We're talking about pre-planning funerals. And before you get afraid of the topic, Randy's going to share some amazing insights on how pre-planning is actually beneficial for, I would say, overall wellness, but also about mental wellness. And of course, it's the impact on our loved ones. Um, Randy, why don't you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. My name is Randy. I am from Goldstein's Rosenberg Refield Sachs. Yes, it's a mouthful. Funeral Home. We are located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the United States also in Southampton, Pennsylvania, and we have an affiliate in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, I was literally born into the business. My grandfather and my great uncle started it. Uh, they lived above the funeral home, hence funeral home. Um, came here every day of my life, you know, until they passed, and then I started working here. Uh, I guess the biggest thing that surprises people is I'm a woman and that I own a funeral home with plenty of family partners, but it's very odd to have a woman running the show. So well and, and I think really odd, your your fifth gener you have five sorry, five generations in the business. Um that doesn't usually happen in any business. So tell me, let's talk a little bit about the intergenerational things. Um do you get to swear at the millennials or Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am technically, funny enough, third generation. I have um, cousins that are also third generation, but they're like 12 to 15 years older than me. Um, my great uncle and my grandfather were seven years apart in age and there were siblings in between them. So there's an age gap. So it's very confusing. Um, right now it is all third generation and fourth running it and fifth generation is coming in and fifth generation is on the Rosenberg side. Um, and uh, it is a hundred percent a family business, family owned and operated. Uh, as a matter of fact, my, one of my children, my, I have two daughters and my oldest is actually starting school to come into the business. Wow. So there'll be a fourth generation. So, yeah. That is, I, I can't even fathom that, um, dealing with those generations. That's fascinating. It's, it's uh, not only generations, but there's like, you know, it's such age gaps. Like I said, my first cousins are a lot older than me. So, you know, we're yeah. the same generation, but different eras, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And um, it's not always easy working with family. But the one thing I'll give us is that we are family first. And no matter what kind of arguments and stuff we can get in here, when we're outside of here, we're all thick as thieves. So that's kind of nice. 
That is amazing. All right, let's talk about funeral planning because um, I'm just going to say that that my father passed last year and he planned everything and paid for everything. And I can't express how grateful I was for that, but also how much easier it was on my mother and, and the rest of the family. Um, what are you seeing in terms of planning? Is that the norm now or are people still... Yeah, I'll talk about it later. Depends. I guess it's like, you know, 60, 40. I think more and more people are pre-planning. Um, we always say to our families that when you pre-plan your funeral, you're actually giving your family a gift. A, they know what your wishes are. And B, you know, when you lose someone at that time, you're not thinking. You know, there's a lot going on and it's a lot to have to deal with the finances and everything else. So this takes a big onus off their plate. Um, the other thing is I find like I'm in a stage where my parents are still living, but my dad is full blown Alzheimer's. My mother spent eight days in the hospital in December and we weren't sure what was going on. And, you know, it's a lot, like I have to plan for everything that's going to happen for them. Um, so I see families doing it for their elders like, you know, cousins, family members, you know, parents, aunts, uncles. And I see people coming in around my age or a little older doing it for themselves so their children don't have to worry about it. So it's kind of an interesting split. And it's still a tough subject. It's very taboo. People do not still want to talk about it. But unfortunately, two things you can't avoid in life, at least in the States, death and taxes. So The two constants, right? Yeah, and exactly. You know, I, I'm just thinking out loud, you know, back in the day, you know, when when your grandfather and great uncle were founding this, I'm sure funerals were fairly standard. You know, like I, I grew up in a Catholic environment and, you know, the um, the men's community group would plan the the ushers and, you know, they do all the logistics of the, the funeral and, and the Catholic Women's League would come in and do the potluck and, you know, it was just do you want the the winter burial or the summer burial those are your options um let's talk about what does planning a funeral entail today so right back in the day it was very much what i would say cookie cutter yep Almost every service was the same um today it takes a lot more first of all um there's live stream and there's zooming people do that so that adds so people can speak from other locations uh, speakers, people speaking at your funeral besides the clergy has become a huge thing. People wanting to play music, show montages of videos and stuff. Um, in For us, mainly, we are primarily a Jewish funeral home. We serve anyone and everyone, but the Jewish funerals are still pretty much, you know, to the point, you know, not, not real crazy. Uh, memorial services, though, are picking up where people are cremating and opting to do some type of service without the body present. Those tend to get longer and long-winded and, you know, there's nowhere to go. So people will talk longer and be there. There's no cemetery to get to. Um, but I guess the, the biggest thing is really uh, technology and people wanting to speak at funerals rather than after the fact or getting together after. It's very much they become a lot longer and more entailed, more detail oriented than they ever were. I love it. So 
what does pre-planning look like? Because I feel like the biggest obstacle you're going to have is people don't want to think about mortality or they don't want to address it. But what are some of the reasons why you believe somebody should pre-plan? Well, so the reasons that people should pre-plan is, A, that you get your wishes down, first and foremost, that people know what you want. Your family members know what you want. That said, the other reason to do it is the spend-down theory, to spend the money before the government takes it through nursing homes and stuff. Um, there's peace of mind, knowing that it's taken care of, that you don't have to rely on your children to pay for it. I mean, I've heard comments from every realm that I just don't want my kids to have to worry about this to, I don't trust my children. <laughs> God knows what they put me in, you know, like, you know, and whether they're kidding or not, like you get it. And that way you have, con it's also control, you know, it's something you still have control over. Well, uh, I'll share a personal story. When my grandfather passed many years ago, um, he was a very simple man and he used to, I don't know if it was just, he was late in life. It was his sense of humor, but he always said, I'm going to be born buried in a pine box. And I remember when he passed, um, I was at the funeral home with my aunts and my father and some uncles, and they were looking at these fancy hand carved. Um, one of the caskets was $20,000 and it was beautiful. My grandfather was a father and it, or, or a farmer and it had wheat cheese. And they're like, oh, he would have wanted to be buried in this. And I'm like, literally last week, five times he said pine box. What part of pine box? And, you know, it was fascinating to watch my, my aunt's shopping because when the funeral director indulged me and brought a pine box out, they all looked at it and went, ew. And I'm like, you're putting this in the dirt. Grandpa wanted this. You know, and, and I think that's the thing. Um, what I've seen, and I want your take on this, funerals that are planned after the fact in the moment of grief, um, I can't remember the statistic, but I think it's something like we spend 10 times more because we're so emotional. Whereas if, you know, my grandfather would have pre-planned his funeral, um, it would have been, a you know, an open ceremony out in a field somewhere. And, you know, they buried him in a pine box with... You know, somebody playing a piano or a guitar, just kind of sending them off. Um, I've seen it go in both directions when it comes to at need. I think the biggest stressor about at need is that the emotional factor. So at need means you're planning it when the person just died. Um, it's the emotional stress. It's making decisions that you're not even sure what you're doing. You're with me for like an hour, two hours, and then you go home. And you're like, oh, my God, I just spent X amount of dollars and I don't even know what I did. And then where with pre-planning, whether you want to purchase a traditional pine casket, which is less expensive, or whether you want to purchase a mahogany casket, which obviously would be more, you know what you're setting aside. Like you have time to think about it. You have time to pay it. You have, you know, you can make changes. Nothing's set that it can't be um, tweaked a little bit. Um, but it's... Uh, the, I, I really feel not so much that you spend more, but the emotional factor of mistakes being made, like you give wrong information yeah. or you forgot someone in a note in a newspaper notice or an online note. Like it happens all the time. You yeah. know, or you spelled someone's name wrong, you know, and with the way names are spelled today, no matter how careful we are, you know, it, it's a lot. And you 
you're you're feeling rushed where at least when you pre-planned and then let's say your parents pre-planned the funeral and then you're calling to say my mom passed away she pre-planned and I go okay here's what she asked for and you say well maybe we won't do that newspaper we'll do a different newspaper that's fine that's not a big deal yeah. or maybe you need less death certificates or more death certificates again little little things some things could could still end up costing a little bit at the time but the bulk of it is done and you don't have to think well and i like the idea you know nowadays and again when i grew up you got buried or you got buried those were your two choices um now it's do you want to be cremated do you want to be buried what are some of the the big decisions that somebody should be prepared to discuss when they come see you oh well the first the first thing they need to decide is what type of final destination they want i.e do you want to be buried in the cemetery do you want to be entombed in the cemetery do you want to be cremated what are you going to do with your cremated ashes so one of the one of the things um we tell families is in one of the hardest things to do when asking an elderly relative you know when you want to start pre-planning is how to break that ice how to bring it up because you know like oh, i don't want to talk about it so one of the things you can say is have you ever thought about you know where you want to be buried or where's your cemetery plots? And they say, well, I don't have cemetery plots. Well, do you want to buy cemetery plots? Is there a cemetery you're interested in? And if they say, no, I want to be cremated, then you're like, oh, well, now I know which direction I'm going in. Do you know, like, that's a way to break the ice. Um, the other thing is like uh, cremation across at least the U.S. is majorly on the rise. We as a Jewish funeral home see less of it, but it's still up in our numbers too. Um, and cremation changes a lot too, because there's different ways, you know, you can inter the cremated remains, you can entomb the cremated remains, you can scatter the cremated remains, you, you know, you can keep them in an urn, like there's a million different options. So there's, there's a lot, like, but um, basically it's a great way to start the conversation is asking someone like if they own cemetery grounds, and then you can kind of get a feel of where they're going and what they're looking for. But um it's a lot of information. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. If you leave that and, you know, again, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, I'm guessing your industry was a lot less complicated. Um, I'm just right now, my brain goes to, you know, um, somebody trying to plan a funeral for somebody with different beliefs, a different generation. I mean, it just, like the complexity today, you know, and, and I'm going to throw this out there knowing somebody's going to be mad at me, um, but I'm sure somebody has had to, you know, a heterosexual couple has had to plan the final um, cer ceremony or celebration of life for a child who was transgender or um, homosexual. And I wouldn't even begin to know where to, you know, th there's so many questions there. Is that a fair comment? <laughs> It is. And it's, um, we haven't faced that a lot. Uh, we've done, um, you know, we've had same sex couples come in making arrangements for each other. Um, I personally haven't dealt in for a funeral. I mean, I've had people come in that are transgender, but I haven't dealt with someone dying who's transgender yet. But one of the things that's a real issue on death certificates is, you know, for a long time, they asked name of your father, name of your mother of the person who died yeah. well now they have to change it to parent yeah 
because you can have two fathers, you can have two mothers. And then, you know, what do you identify as? It's a whole, a whole new ball game. And, um, the, uh, also how to address them when they come in. Yeah. Are they he, she, or they, or them? Yeah. And well, quite frankly, because that's hard for me, I just go by their first names. It's <laughs> easier. I, I have a dear friend, him and his husband, um, just you're gonna love this but he is jewish and his husband is catholic and um they tried to pre-plan and they decided to plan their own because uh, they were having too many cultural issues and not getting support from family saying well here's what we think you should do um so they just said you know let's throw all tradition out we're gonna figure out our own um but i think you know if we just look at different cultural marriages and things like that and and partnerships i mean marriage is not necessarily the norm anymore either so um i could ask you don't share anything that would identify somebody but what was the most unusual request you had in pre-planning that you had to scratch your head a little and say how do we make that happen have you had any of those really outlandish I requests i had more of them at me than i've had pre-arrangement um uh, we had a family that wanted doves released at the cemetery so we had to figure out where to get doves it's not like they're around the corner um there's no dove shop in your neighborhood i i swear yeah, i drove by I think one it, i think it closed um <laughs> the other um the other funny thing is it's not so much a, a request but people don't understand it uh, a military honor guard at the mm -hmm. cemetery whether you use a military cemetery or a regular cemetery everyone's like well i want the 21 gun salute like that doesn't happen like you're not getting that the only one who's getting that is somebody dies in action or depressed yeah. it's just not happening um but they don't they don't understand it because that's what they see on tv yeah everybody um, gets one on tv and <laughs> well it's the other thing when we we talk about um scattering cremated remains you know it's not legal to scatter them everywhere there are scattering places scattering gardens and I always say to people, if you notice, I keep referring to them as cremated remains, not ashes, because it's not all ash. It's not what it looks like in the movies yeah. or on TV. So, like, there's a lot of misnomers that people just assume. Um, I've had uh, people say, well, I want to get buried naked. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Go for Why it. Why not? I guess. Um... I don't know. You know, whatever. Um, Hopefully closed <laughs> casket or at least... <laughs> That's, I'm uh, I mean, sometimes you just laugh. You're just like, sure. <laughs> but I've also had families. We had a family. Um, the children are fighting over a mom's engagement ring, and dad said, None of you are getting it. Put it on her finger and buried it. And it was a rock. I was like, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you see stuff like that too. And you see, you know, like, you, Look, weddings and funerals brings out the best and worst. And like one of the things that people also, like you mentioned your um your friends that are one's Catholic, one's Jewish. I was in an interfaith marriage. I'm no longer married. Um, a lot of my friends are. And one of the things that you know people keep talking about are interfaith funerals. So there's really no such thing as an interfaith funeral. Usually, if the Catholic person dies, then the surviving spouse or partner or friend or whatever will respect their traditions and do, you know, kind of like them, or they talk about and say, well, I like your tradition better. So we'll meld them. Um, 
and vice versa. But like one of the things that people don't realize is like like us as a funeral home, we can handle both sides of it. Just because our name is Jewish doesn't mean that we can't handle a Catholic service or, you know, whatever it may be. But there's a real confusion with that. You know, like, what do I do? There's a lot of non-sectarian cemeteries. And all, and in all honesty, a Catholic cemetery and a Jewish cemetery, how are they going to know if you converted or not? Yeah. Just like the big thing, like, you can't get buried with a tattoo in a Jewish cemetery. How are they going to know? Who's digging you up to check? Is there like well, a time in that? Once you enter the cemetery grounds, at least in our area, you're not, they won't allow you to open up the casket. So, how are they going to know? Yeah. No one's coming to the funeral home to check. So, you know, do whatever you want. Like, but it's, it's kind of funny the like, you know, again, what people think and what they hear and what really is the norm, you know, well, or what really happens. I feel like Hollywood may have done us a little disservice because there's so many, you know, and, and that's the thing I've seen, you know, many, many instances in, in Hollywood where, you know, they, they scatter the ashes and, you know, it's, it's the gentle of the wind and the, the ashes go clear and, you know, they never show it blowing back in someone's face or, you know, well, A, they blow it back and B, it's not all ash. There's bone fragments in there. There's, you know, certain bones don't go down to ash. They can't. Yeah. So, you know, they're too thick. So it is a very, yeah, they've done a huge disservice. And, you know, they're always doing it off a mountaintop with the sun setting. Like, yeah. where are we going with this? <laughs> well, it, I, I can't imagine. I'm just thinking about this for a minute you know somebody blows it up and they're thinking oh there goes grandma bye-bye and then you know the bones drop out and ah so i i think the size of baby i mean it's not like you know but yeah it's it's not not a hand but it's not cigarette you know what i mean like it's a different it doesn't look like it looks on tv yeah, and I, I can't help but think, you know, presumably you love the person whose ashes you're scattering, so you need to be prepared that there's going to be some leftovers. Is that a fair? Yes. Yes, and they could be left over different places <laughs> when you're scattering. Yeah, do you dump it in the nearest bin? Do you, you know, it just, you know. Do and the... again, like you have to be smart about it too, because a lot of places you're not allowed to scatter where people want to scatter. And then around here, like in New Jersey, in the Atlantic Ocean, you can contact the Coast Guard and they go a couple times a year. They take you offshore to scatter cremated remains in the ocean. So, but technically you can't go into the beach and just scatter cremated remains. It's not legal. Yeah, I'm guessing you can't walk up to Old Faithful, dump grandpa in and then run... <laughs> wait to see him scatter i'm sure the park rangers I would love to see someone try that though that'd be great <laughs> right i don't know what that says about you and i randy i think we we have a weird sense of humor and i like that um but yeah i think people need to recognize the the logistics of it and you know for me i'm fascinated by how people deal with death and i i'm very practical in the face of it because you know i can't reverse it it is what it is um, but it's also, I'd rather deal with it and be prepared for it than have, you know, as you said, um, at need is, is to me, one of the worst times to order anything or, or make any meaningful plan. I think, you know, the other thing with, um, even when you pre-plan something, you lose a loved one, no matter how it happens, when it happens, age-wise, you're never really prepared to lose that person. You can say when they're older that they had a good life. It's never easy when they're young 
that that never gets easier on my end or for the family it's just the worst and by young i mean anytime there's a parent still living doesn't matter how old that child is i don't care if they're 60 their 80 year old mother's still living that sucks yeah um but uh even with pre-planning, it's still emotional. It's still hard. And it's still, you know, and part of my job is getting you through it and keeping you on task to keep making the decisions so that we can get what needs to be done done so we can do things in a timely fashion, which is not easy either because you don't want to upset someone by doing Well, that. And you don't want to come across as the drill sergeant saying, next, next. But yet then again, people turn around and be like, thank you. You're really good at this. We didn't know what to do. So, yeah. you know. They need the guidance. I mean, that's, you know, for something that happens to all of us, we're surprisingly unprepared as a society. It's like, you know, this big mystery. And, you know, I I feel like what happens after we are laid to rest is the mystery, not the process of being laid to rest. I think it's a fear. You know, I think, you know, when someone close to you dies, all of a sudden, you know, you kind of look introspective of yourself and go, oh, my God, what happened? what happens when I die? You know, what happens with my kids? What happens with my life? Like, you know, just in general, like it's scary thought. And I think that scares more people than anything. It starts to put it in, in the reality. And, you know, as the older we get, at least for me, like I'm middle-aged and my parents are still living. A bunch of my friends have lost parents who still have parents. We have children that are getting, you know, up the age of getting married, out of college. And it's, you know, it, it's daunting. Like, you know, all the responsibility and, you know, if something happens to mom and dad, like, you know, it's it's a lot. It's It's a scary thought. And when someone close to you loses someone that's close to the age of, you know, your loved one, you're like, wow, that hit home, you know? Well, and, you know, I I have a friend who commented that the funerals of his generation are getting smaller because he's in his 80s and there's fewer friends. You know, he's like, I don't count anybody younger than me who shows up, but he only counts his generation. And I was there with him at one and he realized that he was like the last one standing and he all of a sudden got very nervous. But um, I think it is inevitable. We need to plan for it. Uh, Now, Randy, this is a a topic of interest to me, and I think you and I could chat all day about it. Is there something I should have asked you that I haven't? That I can think of. (laughs) It's a good first conversation. Now, the the most important question I'll ask is um, for somebody who's thinking about pre-planning and and let's talk about your geography first. Um, how does somebody reach out to you and, and maybe talk to you about pre-planning and what area do you serve for that? So we're basically in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Five, there's five counties around us and South Jersey. Uh, Delaware State's not far from us. Uh, what we've done, we've brought people in from all over. Um, we have deaths in Florida where there, it really... For a funeral home to be involved, it depends on where the cemetery is. So if someone lives out in Alberta, Canada, but they have cemetery ground in the Philadelphia area, they could contact us and we will work on getting you back here when the time comes and, you know, work with other funeral homes. And that's it. We've brought bodies in from Hawaii, California, you know, all over the U.S. and Europe. I mean, we've had deaths overseas on um, cruise ships, stuff like that. 
So um, we're, there's a wide network and we can always get someone home per se. Um, to reach us, the best way to reach us is via our phone number, which is 215-927-5800, or they can always email us at info at goldsteins with an S, funeral, one word, dot com. I love it. And I'll put those in the show notes so people can reach out. Um, yes. You and I didn't even cover cover cruise ship um that's that that is an area i'm just weirdly fascinated by it's like you know if you're gonna go why not on vacation but um yeah that's a whole other area so if somebody's traveling a lot and you're enjoying your your later life i would strongly encourage you to have a funeral plan because you don't want your loved ones to have to try to figure out how to transport you back if you pass away unexpectedly on vacation i've had at least one friend that comes to mind immediately where she had to bring her deceased husband back and you know it was in a different language and different culture and different it so was... the first thing anyone would do if that happened is depending on where they live they would contact whatever funeral home they were using in their area and let them start the process of bringing their loved one back because you're not going to know what you're doing nope and and I'm going to be really blunt. You don't want to figure it out at the moment of need. Is that a fair comment? Well, technically you can't. Like, yeah. you know, you need a funeral home involved, no matter what. Like, yep. it's, you know, I watched a TV show once, I forget which one, and he said, I had to get my uncle from the airport, his uncle was, and provide transportation to the local funeral home. That never happens. <laughs> at, only when they need it for the plot, right? Right. The funeral homes take care of that. There's no, no strain, no nephew is coming to pick up their deceased uncle in a casket at the funeral home to bring him to the funeral home or at the airport to bring him to the funeral home. Thank God. Cause I never want that phone call. <laughs> well, Randy, it was amazing. Thank you for sharing. And I look forward to uh, having future conversations because I feel like you and I are going to have a follow-up conversation. So thank you very thank you, much. Sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.